From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining. It's the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. When it comes to a restaurant that has history, community service, and of course good food, the Big Apple Inn in Jackson has that and much more. With the historic Fair Street location still open and now getting ready to open a new location, Big Apple Inn has been a Jackson staple for more than 70 years. We'll visit with owner Gino Lee. He's here to share the story and how they sell the most interesting sandwich in the world. We're looking for your comments and questions this morning. Give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one 672 Or send us an email. It's food at mpbonline.org. You're listening to Deep South Dining from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. It's the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. You know, when it comes to a restaurant that has history, community service, and, of course, good food, the Big Apple Inn in Jackson has that and much more. With the historic Fair Street location still open and now getting ready to open a new location, Big Apple Inn has been a Jackson staple for more than 70 years. This morning, we're going to visit with owner Gino Lee. He's here to share the story and how they sell the most interesting sandwich in the world. You can call in with comments, questions, and experiences this morning. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or send an email. It's food at mpbonline.org. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. So, good morning, Deborah. Hope that you're doing well this morning. Good morning, Kevin. I'm doing fantastic. Truly happy to see you. Welcome back home. Thank you. Lots of love to you and your family. Thank you. I had an incredible weekend, Kevin. I actually got to judge for the third year straight um, a food competition at the Mississippi Museum of Arts. Mm. Uh, and it was absolutely fabulous. It was um, blue jeans, black tie, and barbecue. And it was absolutely fantastic. Everybody was dressed up and had their bells and whistles on. And some people had lots of bells and lots of whistles. Um <laughs> But the food was amazing. All the chefs this year, and this is uh, honestly, I felt like I was on a Food Network competition. They took their skills to the highest of high. It was hard to make a choice. I wanted to give everybody an award. Uh, but once again, uh, our very dear friend Nick Wallace uh, was a champion by popular demand, and I'm really happy about that. So uh, we were, uh, my family and I were watching Chopped. So I think it must have been sort of a Chopped marathon on Food Network this weekend. And I don't know, that, that show kind of gets me because those poor guys, you know, they're rushing around. They get such a limited amount of time to do it. And they have such crazy ingredients to put together. And the judges on that show, to me, are the pickiest. Uh, you know, oh, that's this is a little bit raw. And then the other funny thing was there was shrimp in one of the dishes. And one chef, you know, they had those interviews. And he made some big deal about, I always clean my sh- my shrimp out. I, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, of course. His shrimp what, wasn't clean. <laughs> big vein of and so uh he he did not fare well in that round so speaking of being chopped i'm gonna chop mr lee today i mean i know he's our guest but i i had i was dreaming he's at his restaurant they serve this most amazing smoked sausage 
it's like people stand in line around mm-hmm. the corner and they don't get one. They come in there like, let me get 45 of those. <laughs> and I don't get one today, Kevin. So I, I don't know how I feel about him right now. <laughs> We're going to talk uh, to Gino throughout the hour. It really is an amazing story at the Big Apple Inn in Jackson. As we mentioned, the top really has been a Jackson staple for more than 70 years. And it's a fascinating story that we'll get into. But we always do like to start out the show, Deborah, by talking about things that you bring in uh, for us to eat, uh, the food that you share with us. Uh, a couple of things this morning. Uh, first of all, <clears throat> a, a, a chicken pot pie that was just absolutely just amazing. So tell us about that. Oh, I love the way you said that. <laughs> you know, I've missed my Monday morning man, so I'm kind of feeling you today, Kevin. But the chicken pot pie was just really quick, really simple. Um, and it was one of those 30-minute uh, meals that you can throw together. And one of the reasons it was I was able to do that because last week, Kevin, I actually put together the broth and bagged them up separately uh, to put in the pie. And basically what it is is really simple. It's some carrots, some um, English peas, some sweet peas, uh, and I put some penne uh, noodles in there that were mm-hmm. cooked to al dente. And I made this wonderful, wonderful chicken broth, and I bagged them up. So this morning I was able to just pull it out, thaw those out, and then what I added in there is an uncooked roux which is basically a little bit of milk and flour, a little salt and pepper, and we folded that into that. I braised up some chicken this morning, chopped it up, put it all in my pie crust, and I topped it with a second layer of pie crust, brushed on a little butter, popped it in the oven. 30 minutes later, we're good to go, Kevin. It was. It really was good. It was the 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 crust was so flaky, and again, <clears throat> a great visual presentation. That kind of the yellowish uh, roux was good, and, and big chunks of chicken in there. So just really, it, it was incredible, and uh, it was it was it was worth seconds. I mean, I I always, <laughs> I got to try to always try to you know limit myself there because. Uh, uh, I got a doctor's appointment coming up this week, so uh, we'll see how that goes. But also, uh, it's National Strawberry Day, so you helped us celebrate that, too. Absolutely. And this morning, I brought in some great energy food. It's a strawberry muffin, a strawberry banana muffin, Kevin, and it's really simple and easy to make. And I'll be posting this recipe uh, on Cooking with Honey and Friends. But you've got strawberries and bananas and walnuts, and it's drizzled in some white chocolate glaze. Really yummy treat this morning. Very delicious. Perfect with a cup of coffee. Yeah, and so you're calling that health food now? Uh, I said energy food. <laughs> okay, very good. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, and then again, let me say this. I always tell people all the time to eat in moderation. You know, I'm 52 years old. I'll be 53 this year. I, tr- I love what I cook, but it's eating in moderation. I get up, I exercise, Kevin. And Mississippi truly is one of the most beautiful places. We have no excuses. We've got the best walking trails. We've got bike trails. We've got parks almost on every corner. There's a nature walk. Get out and enjoy yourself and live your whole life. Go fishing, for God's sake. (laughs) We've got some open phone lines, so we're going to be visiting today with Gino Lee, the uh, owner of the Big Apple Inn in Jackson. If if you've ever been there and would like to share your experience, let us know. Or if you have a question about what it takes to own and operate a restaurant, you can give us a call. The phone number is 1-877-MPB-RING. Our phone number is 1-877-672-672. 7464. You can always email the show food at mpbonline.org. So welcome, Gino. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you. It's good to be here. We're going to talk about uh, sort of the, uh, the, uh, the, the original location, but as we mentioned in the opener, uh, you are expanding. So tell us a little bit about uh, the new Big Apple Inn. Yeah, we're opening up store number three. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's going to be inside the Metro Center. You know, the Metro Center's always been a place of, 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 of gathering. Mm-hmm. I remember back, oh my goodness, I'm going to tell my age here. Uh, oh, I goodness. just did, you know, <laughs> you go did. for it. Oh, man. <laughs> 
30 years ago, that was my first job inside of the Metro Center. Oh, wow. And I have a lot of good memories walking up and down, going to the food court for lunch. And, you know, we've seen on a decline for the last, oh, wow, last 20 years. Yeah. And um, the new owners, also a local owner, is um, really trying hard to bring it back. And I think one of the things that he wants to do is first focus on the food. So if he can get the food court going, maybe that'll attract a lot of people to the to the Metro Center. Mm-hmm. So right now, that's the attraction out there. We're um, we're opening up in Metro Center, us and five other restaurants. Well, I'm I'm in agreement with that. Wherever there's great food, people will volunteer and come. You know, I mean, there are people that literally knock on my door like at eight o'clock in the morning. Are you cooking? For-? I was like, I don't like you. <laughs> Go away. So wherever there's great food, people are definitely going to come. And the Metro Center is really worth investing in. You know, it's a it is a landmark for us because I grew up there as a kid. You know, shopping and hanging out there. Uh, but it's really to keep the city viable, you know, we want to be able to invest back. And, you know, so I'm very grateful that you and your family chose to make that choice. Well, I, thank you so much, Deborah. Um, I tell you, that that's my whole, I guess, motive behind this. You know, um, let's let's get some attention back to Jackson again, especially yeah. that part of Jackson. You Absolutely. know, it's been on a decline for a number of years. And it seems like we've um, we've always been attracted to areas of decline. <laughs> All of our restaurants are in in those areas, but, you know, um, they thrive in those areas because nobody else focuses on them. Well, originally, when the Big Apple Inn originally uh, was open, it was not necessarily uh, in a decline area because that was kind of like the new Harlem here in Mississippi was Black Harlem. And uh, we lived right on Lynch Street. So we would catch the bus. Literally, we lived on the corner of Lynch and Terry Road. And so either we would walk downtown. It was a mecca. You know, I rem- Kevin, I don't know if you would remember that downtown Jackson was really busy every Saturday day people of all kinds would be walking up and down the streets and you know there were all these wonderful little tailor shops and dress shops and furniture stores and movie theaters and restaurants i mean it was really beautiful downtown jackson and and there was your restaurant that's right you know ferris street was as you said known as a little harlem Mm -hmm. everything up and down ferris street was was owned by african-americans well the Lebanese kind of um, gathered there too, but Lebanese and African Americans gathered and built Ferris Street. Um, you know, you and I are the same age, so I don't really remember Ferris Street in its heyday. You know, I came around when it was kind of on its on, on its on its way down, but um, in the in the in the thirties and forties, and that's when it was that's when it was thriving. That's when it was a two way street, and the bus station and the train station was a block away. Whenever anybody got the train, they came straight to Ferris Street. You're a 60 Babies. How could you not remember the glamour downtown? I, I know it was a lot better, you know, in the 30s and 40s, but literally during the 60s, from uh, Ferris Street all the way back to Jackson State, it was Jackson College at the time, mm-hmm. was just an incredible environment, you know, because there were homeowners. Everybody that lived in the neighborhood were business owners, uh, which was really incredible because you had a uh, Taylor candy store right around the corner from my house. Oh, yeah. So my mom would give us 25 cents, Kevin, and we would come home with bags full of candy. <laughs> and so I would go to school, and this is when I started my first business. You want a piece of candy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we need to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to continue talking about uh, uh, the Big Apple Inn with the owner, Gino Lee. We'll talk about the, the origins of the Big Apple Inn. And also, as I mentioned, they've got some really famous stuff that they serve there. Got some open phone lines. If you'd like to join in, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one 672 We'll be back with more after this. 
From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. A little Jesse Robinson there bringing us back in, singing about <laughs> pig ear sandwiches. We're going to talk about those in a minute. But, you know, Gino, like I said, the, the history of the restaurant is really so special. Let's talk about it. Uh, started by your great-grandfather. What what sort of family stories, uh, things about that, can you tell us about how the how it got started? Well, my great-grandfather, his name was Juan, J-U-A-N, Juan. I can't say it right. <laughs> but um, Juan Mora. And um, here in, in the United States, everybody called him John. And um, he was a short, fat man, probably stood like 4'11", tall. He's about 4'11", wide. And so he's a perfect circle, so they called him Big John. And um, he came from Mexico City, um, Mexico, and ended up in Chicago, jumped the train, came here to Mississippi, ended up in Jackson, working on the Vidoc. Y'all know where the King Edward Hotel is? Or Absolutely. The, what is that? Well, working on that, fell off that bridge, mm. hurt himself pretty bad, couldn't get a job anywhere, so he decided to sell his homemade, hand-rolled hot tamales that his mother used to make. And he put a fire, made a fire in the corner of Ferris and Hamilton Streets, made a fire, got a tin drum, filled it up with tamales, and sold them in the corner of Ferris and Hamilton Streets. Wow. And um, that's how he got started, making the tamales. And um, in 1939, an opportunity came for him to open up the business, and that's when he started the Big Apple Inn. Hmm. So, uh, and I guess you, you still sell the tamales today, is that right? We do. We do. We sell tons of tamales. Um, in fact, um, tamales are a, are a staple in, in Mississippi. You know, after slavery, um, I guess a lot of these plantation owners couldn't find people to work their crops, um, pick the cotton and all that. Well, there was a very big migration of, of Hispanic um, population that came, came to Mississippi, and so they started working the crops. Well, with them came their homemade recipe for tamales. So throughout Mississippi, we have something called a tamale trail, and you will find different tamales all throughout the state of Mississippi. It's different than a Mexican tamale because um, the matzo, which is the, the, the corn meal, corn flour mixture um, on the outside of the tamale, here in Mississippi, it was hard to find the corn flour, so they made it out of corn meal. So a Mississippi tamale is different than, than a Mexican tamale, so it's really original. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> so t- tell us a little bit more about, uh, so he, he eventually uh, found a building, and I guess is that still the same location? No, we actually opened up across the street. Where we are right now, we opened up in 1952. Okay. Um, the Big Apple originally opened up across the street in an old grocery store. And uh, the owner wanted to sell it for $100, and my great-grandfather didn't have $100. So he and his son 
gathered some money and borrowed some money and came up with $100 and opened up the Big Apple Inn across the street in 1939. And in 1952, a brand new building was built, and they offered it to my great-grandfather, and they moved across the street to where we are right now. And been there ever since. And so you said three locations. We talked about the new one. And uh, first, if you would give us a timetable on, on the Metro Center location. Well, um, we are going to try to have our soft opening this week. Oh, wow. Yay. Yeah. Um, we're going to – everybody's ready for us to come out there. You know, since we've been working out there and getting it together and cleaning up the space – People are stopping by. When are you going to open? When are you going to open? In fact, something funny happened to me yesterday. I was at Metro Center just kind of looking around, talking to the crowd, and I stopped by a T-shirt shop. And the T-shirt shop said, when are y'all going to open? We get calls here all the time saying, is Big Apple Inn open yet? (laughs) That's when you know you got great food. Now, let's talk about some of the things that your restaurant is famous for. There are two sandwiches in particular, but one is the pig ear sandwich. Now, let's, let's tell me a little bit about that. Well, the pig ear sandwich, I, I think, probably came as, as, as a as a mistake, really. Uh, when my grandfather or great grandfather started buying meat for for the restaurant, he always bought the the sausage. The sausage was the the staple behind our restaurant. Well, then the meat packer, who my great grandfather used to buy the meat from, said, "John, we're throwing away all these pig ears. You know, you want to find something to do with it." My great-grandfather, being as frugal as he was, I'm not going to let anything go to waste. So he tried to figure out something to do with pig ears. He fried them. It didn't come out right. He boiled them. didn't come out right. But found out that if you boil them for two to three days, mm-hmm. they can get tender enough. So he did that for a while until he found out what a pressure cooker was. <laughs> and he found out if you, if you pressure cook pig ears, you can shorten it from two days to two hours. Absolutely. And he started doing that. And that's when the meat packer realized that <laughs> Big John was making a profit off of it and started um, selling it to him. <laughs> he no longer got it for free. Okay, Kevin, so you know I'm going to have to do this to you, baby. Have you ever had a pig ear before? I have not had a pig ear sandwich. I, I hate to say that, but I've never never tasted that. Uh, it, uh, it, it, John, how, or uh, uh, Gino, how would you describe the, the taste of the pig ear sandwich? The best way I can describe it is, have you ever had bacon that's yes. not cooked all the way? I mean, it's kind of a little, little soft, not crunchy. Okay, imagine that pork flavor, but also imagine a lasagna noodle cooked kind of al dente, like it was in your uh, your, your 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 pot pie this morning. Right. <laughs> so um, an al dente, an al dente lasagna noodle, and a piece of bacon that's not cooked all the way, and put it together. Mm. That's a pig ear. So in the South, we call that piece in the middle gristle, Kevin. <laughs> John's trying to make it real cute, and I get it. But we call it gristle, and you cook it down. I know I know. Uh, our, somebody's listening this morning going, oh, my God. But it really is amazing. And if you get a little hot sauce, you're in the game real That's good, right. okay? <laughs> Uh, If you're listening this morning and want to call in, give us a call. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. You can send us an email, food at mpbonline.org. If you've ever been to the Big Apple Inn, uh, call us uh, and let us know what your experience was like there. So we talked about the pig ear sandwich, and uh, the Smokes is the other famous sandwich. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, the Smokes is... It's a brand called Red Rose Smoke Sausage. Mm-hmm. It's always been made right here in Mississippi. In fact, there used to be a packing plant in Jackson called Jackson Packing Plant. Do you remember that? I remember that. It used that. to be on Gallatin Street. Mm-hmm. A big packing plant locally owned. It was fantastic. And they had a brand called Red Rose Smoke Sausage and Magnolia Smoke Sausage. That's right. And uh, it, it had a, a sting, dis, distinguishing flavor. You know, you couldn't, you couldn't copy it. And that's where we always got our meat from. 
Well, it's always been made there. And then, oh, man, about you know, 15, 20 years ago, they went out of business. And we stockpiled thousands and thousands of boxes of smokes. Um, we, we call the smoke sausage smokes. We, we stockpiled thousands of boxes just hoping that um, somebody would buy the recipe for the red rose smoke sausage. Well, finally, when we got down to our last hundred boxes, somebody bought the recipe. And now it's still locally owned. And um, so, yeah, our, our, our smoke sausage is... Is, is locally owned right here. Right now it's made in McGee, Mississippi. In fact, the interesting thing is it's hard to get it out of the state of Mississippi. I did a food show in New York a couple of years <laughs> ago, and um, I had my meat packer, you know, send up all my pig ears up there, and they were able to get my pig ears in New York, but they couldn't get the sausage because the local meat packer does not ship out of the state. Hmm. So I had to carry 30 cases of smoke sauce with me on the plane. <laughs> and it's so funny because the meat got sent to the wrong wrong airport, so we had to call Mayor Bloomberg. He sent trucks to go pick up the meat at the other airport. Oh, and wow. there's a picture in the, in the, in the newspaper uh, up there somewhere um, of me, my wife, and Mayor Bloomberg standing in front of, uh, in front of the whole thing where the smoke starts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, as, and again, we mentioned fourth generation. Uh, did you grow up in the business? No, I didn't. I didn't grow up. I, in fact, I had nothing to do with the business coming up. Um, my father didn't either. I come from a family of educators. My father was a teacher and principal. My mother was a teacher and principal. It's always been in our blood. At the time, um, I was working at a, a local um, insurance and investment company. And my, my uncle, who was running the business, got sick, had a stroke. And uh, they were actually thinking about closing the business down. Wow. So uh, dad quit his job. I quit my job. Knew nothing about the restaurant business. Dad took the day shift. I took the night shift. And wow, that was um twenty five years ago. Mm. Wow! <laughs> yeah, wow. and Dad retired almost twenty years ago, and I bought it from him twenty years ago. How fantastic is that? And I'm I'm really proud of the fact that you and your family uh, decided to be dedicated to that because Big Apple Inn really is a piece of Mississippi history. It is part of my growing up. It's part of my life story. So to be sitting here with you now is just it's really awesome. To, you know, to be sitting in the presence of the owner because I have stories around your restaurant. You know, a little fast teenage girl. I can't tell them on air, but, you know, <laughs> my mama might be listening. But it's just really amazing uh, to have... Um, a restaurant like that that supported the community for so long. So, again, thank you for I that. I agree. That's one thing that everybody has a Big Apple Inn story. Yeah. And I love to hear that whenever people come down to the restaurant... Let me tell you about when I was a kid in here. You know, everybody has a story. I think I was supposed to be at school or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but also, as we mentioned, um, you know, historic, their uh, connection to, to the civil rights era. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, um, during the 60s, of course, the civil rights was uh, at, at, at its strongest here in Mississippi. And since Ferris Street was the place where African-Americans would gather, that was the largest you know, congregation of all African-Americans. So whenever a civil rights leader or a speaker would come to town, they would come to Ferry Street. In fact, Medgar Evers' office was directly above the Big Apple Inn. And when people would come, they'd have to meet with Medgar. 
his office was like a 10 by 10 square foot uh, room, so it was very tiny. So whenever he would have to have a meeting, he would have to have it inside of the Big Apple Inn because that was the only place large enough that he can talk to a group of people. Whenever the Freedom Riders came to town or just, you know, anybody, they'd have to meet in the Big Apple Inn. And so I can say that, you know, Ferry Street was instrumental or played a very big role in the Civil Rights Movement, but, you know, it really didn't. We just provided a space. And that was really not very long because for some reason after that, we started failing health department inspections and fire marshal inspections and we knew where it was from well my grandfather knew where it was from so he had to stop the meetings from being held inside the big apple hmm. wow let's take another quick break when we get back we'll continue our discussion with gino lee who's owner of the big apple inn in jackson we've got some open phone lines so we'd love to hear from you this morning at one eight seven seven mpb ring it's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. Email the show food at mpbonline.org. We'll be back with more after this. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Piggy or Sandwich. My name is Bobby Rush. I'm better known as Sue's boyfriend. I'm here in Jackson, Mississippi on Favre Street at Big Apples, one of the oldest places to eat. They're still operating on Fathers Street. If you want something to eat, come down on this street. Right here at Big Apple, you know they can fill you up with something to eat. Pig ales and all, huh? Pig ales and all. They're the one, they're the one that knows how to, how to, how to burn. Bobby Rush on there, bringing us back in on Deep South Dining. We're visiting this uh, morning with Gino Lee, the fourth-generation owner of the Big Apple Inn in Jackson. And um, Kevin, you're not going to get off that easy. Go ahead and sing a verse of that song for me. <laughs> <laughs> what a, a larger-than-life personality. If you've ever had the good pleasure of meeting Bobby Rush, oh such gosh, a great guy. Yes. And, uh, just uh, won the Grammy this year, so that was really good to hear that. And we got an email to share. This comes from Annette, who says, was just at the Fair Street location last week. It's an eclectic place that reminds me of my childhood. Awesome family and establishment. We're super excited about the Metro Center location opening. So, good to hear from If you would like to call in, if you have some memories of the Big Apple Inn, or if you just have a question about what it's like owning and operating a restaurant, give us a call this morning at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464, send an email to food at org. So we've talked about uh, the hot tamales, the smokes, and the pig ear sandwiches. Is, are there anything else on the menu? There are. You know, and we, we have simple things. Um, 
hamburgers, hot dogs, and a fried bologna sandwich. All of them are very good, but people love coming down for our smokes and ears. That's mm-hmm. what we're really known for, smokes, ears, and tamales. In fact, as some, um, you mentioned Annette the, gave the email. <laughs> Whenever she comes down, she takes a picture of her food and sends it to me. <laughs> Look what I got today. And she loves the smokes and ears. <laughs> Thank you, Annette. Love you. <laughs> But, you know, whenever I think about the Big Apple Inn, you know, I, it's, I was just having a memory of Saturday morning and it's beautiful outside, Kevin. And everybody lived in that area, basically in row houses. Mm-hmm. And everybody was, again, homeowners. And you would see women out planting flowers or there would be little gardens in their backyard. And, you know, and, and it was just really everybody in the community kind of took care of everybody, Kevin. Uh, there Again, there was Taylor's Candy Shop right around the corner from me, right across the street, you know, was a, a local little tiny little grocery store you know that we would go and buy our little food from but then we got to come downtown and we got to again come to places like big apple inn which was really amazing but everybody was walking and everybody was dressed up and everybody was really kind and friendly and sometimes you wonder you know like what happened to that ferris street you know era what happened to that dream that kind of community thing and it was when you think about it a lot of it was centered around food you know, it was um, whether it was the woman next door cooking food for the kids in the community or some elderly person that was at home that couldn't get out or everybody, you know, getting all dolled up and wanting to go to the Apollo Theater and then coming to Big Apple Inn um, when the movie was over with. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. You know, a lot of people don't realize this is that um, Ferris Street wasn't just a street. It's a district. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a very large district, in fact. In fact, it's listed on the... And, and, one of the 10 most endangered um, African-American districts in the United States that's actually still intact for the most part. You know, um, you said there were houses, and that there were. There were houses everywhere, and every block had their own restaurant. Yeah. Kind of like in New York. You know, you go to the block, and every block had their own restaurant. And out of all the businesses on Ferris Street, whenever anybody comes down, do you remember this restaurant? Do you remember this restaurant? You're right. Everybody gathered and talked about the local food and the local flavor. Yeah, yeah. And that's what's a shame about Ferris Street. You know, it, it, it was nice having the doctor's office and our own cleaners and our own cab stands. But people really talk about the, 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 the food establishments that aren't there anymore. Well, because food is really, again, it's bipartisan. It's it's. It celebrates every moment of our lives from the time we are born to the time we die. There's going to be food. You know, we bring food for the bar mitzvahs, you know, for the baby's birth, for your birthday party. And even to say goodbye to our loved ones, there's these big pallets of food, you know, so it's it's hard to get around. But food talks about community and Mississippi is a beautiful mecca for all kinds of stories when it comes to food because it's such an integrated population and then we have this beautiful farmland where we you know most people grew their own food Kevin again uh even on that street that we lived in it was not uh, uncommon to see somebody with three or four rows of greens in their backyard and you know got fresh peppers and you and and then people were sharing things there was somebody in our neighborhood as a little girl. I remember every morning their rooster would wake us up and we were downtown. That is the craziest thing in the, ever to have a rooster wake you up early in the morning. Oh, yeah. So, Juno, you know, I guess with the foodie craze that this type of, of, of cuisine is, you could probably, you know, you've been to New York uh, demonstrating your food and that sort of thing. You probably could go and maybe to a major city, open a restaurant there, be successful. And yet you've chosen to stay here in Mississippi, in Jackson, uh, reinvesting in the community that you live in. If you would, tell us a little bit about your, your motives behind that. 
I love Jackson. I always have loved ja- love Jackson. <clears throat> when when I came to the, into the restaurant business, my grandfather told me right then, he says, Gino, if you're choosing to do this, you'll never be rich, but you will always be satisfied. And wow. I guess that's true. You know, I'm very far from being rich, but I, I, I will say that I go home happy every day. I view the Big Apple Inn, Kevin, as more of a service than a restaurant. You know, um, I can remember back in, Ferris, back in the days of Ferris Street, we used to have all the local kids coming when school was out, and I would help them all with their homework. If they brought their homework to me and I can go over the homework with them, I'd feed them free for the day. Hmm. Or when they had the report cards, they'd get money for their report cards. You know, service to I'm the community. I'm going back to school, Kevin. <laughs> 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 you know, and <clears throat> I think that's something that's, that's always attracted me to the Ferry Street area. You know, Ferry Street, right now, there's not much there anymore. But we're going to stay as long as people continue to come. You know, the numbers aren't the same as they used to be. But we just love the area. We believe in Jackson. And that's one reason why the North State Street location, we opened up in that area. Because, you know, it's not the nicest of areas, but we're doing a service over there. Same with the Metro Center. I really believe if enough of us get together, we can bring Metro Center back. Mm-hmm. So, And I guess, you know, like the old uh, the cheers, everybody knows your name. But that's another thing that I guess is great about because it's been so long. And, it, you know, Deborah's a perfect example. People have such... Such great memories. I guess that's kind of a good feeling knowing that you're part of this institution in Jackson. It is. I tell you, it is nice when you walk somewhere. Hey, that's the big John guy. (laughs) 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 Or they point, they look at you. Um, 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 I know you from somewhere. I know you from somewhere. The dude with the sausage, right? That's right, yeah. The pigger man. All right, so we talked a little bit about uh, the things. Maybe if you could tell us a little bit. I'm kind of curious. Um, the hot tamales, how do, how do you make those? Well, our hot tamales are made out of turkey. Oh. Yeah, and it's it's ground turkey, and we spice it up with the same things that my, grand, my great-grandfather used to. Um, what's neat about the tamales is the recipe was never written down. And my grandfather, my great-grandfather made them. My grandfather made them. And my uncle said it was just too much work. My dad said it was too much work. So it skipped two generations. Then my wife and I decided we wanted to learn how to make them because we wanted to continue with the tamales after um, grandmother and grandfather quit making them. And um, so right now, my only tamale maker is my wife. She rolls all the tamales by hand. We actually have a machine. But um, she said that she likes doing it by hand better because you know what she does? She prays over every tamale she makes. Wow. <laughs> My kind of girl. My kind of girl. And so she makes them out of out of ground turkey, and she puts these amazing spices in them, fresh spices, and um, and then makes the ma- the matzo, which is a corn flour mixture. Um, now. Since the Mississippi tamales, as I said earlier, Mississippi kind of uses a cornmeal mixture. We mix ours with a little bit of cornmeal and corn flour, so it has a little bit of a both. You know, so it has the smooth texture of the corn flour, but the grittiness of the cornmeal. So it kind of gives you the best of both worlds. And um, after you after you steam it, oh man, that's some that's some good eating. Hmm. I think um, hearing you talk about your wife and her wanting to put her hands on food, and it's something that you know we talk about quite a bit here, Kevin. It is it is something about being able to give back that love and energy that you have inside of yourself to other people, and I think that's one of the reasons why I love to cook so much. You know, to see Kevin's face light up 
on Monday mornings and he makes these most amazing faces, you know, when the food is really good or to hear Ezra make those sounds. But knowing that my hands have touched this food, like I've got all of these fancy, you know, machinery at home and I never use that stuff. I still use a spoon to whip up my cakes. There you go. Um, Because it's just, it gives me, you know, that joy of knowing that I'm actually touching this and it's like being an artist actually. Being able to create something. So kudos to your wife for that, (laughs) you know. Yeah, I think it's much like gardening. People enjoy getting into the soil and it's, I think it's a similar sort of thing of, you know, working with the food. Again, I'll, I like cooking, and I'll, I can't admit to using. I wouldn't. I would use a beater, but I. I you know, <laughs> so I'm about halfway there. But I understand the whole idea of of working with food, and then that that just successful feeling, knowing you know when you produce something and and it, it turns out good. Uh, that's that's always great. Uh, we've got a caller on the line, so why don't we say good morning to Lionel in Jackson? Good morning. Go ahead. You're on the air. Good morning, good morning. Lionel. Good morning. I'm I'm old enough to remember that. Uh, I think we go to the Alamo, catch a, catch a matinee program or show, and then uh, go to the Big Apple Inn. And with 25 cents, you can get a knee-high and two smokes. Oh, <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one that remembers that, Kevin. So I'm looking for a price rollback. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't happening, buddy. <laughs> Twenty five cents. Can you imagine that though? You you got a knee high drink. I mean, it was cold. You pop the lid on this glass bottle, knee high, and two smoked sausage. You know, it's amazing how 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 prices right now. um, Everything in the restaurant is one fifty. So yeah, we've gone up a little bit. But you know, when you really think about it, Lionel, it's not that bad. And (laughs) in seventy seven years, what have we gone up a buck? (laughs) You know, so. Well, I'll be by, Gino. Thank you, Lionel. I appreciate it, brother. My my observation is this, though. Uh, When I was, I guess, maybe 63 or so working in Cleveland, uh, northern Ohio, I uh, went to the first McDonald's, which was only a a Mm drive-up, a walk-up, really. No place to sit down, just a, a, a stand in a window. And I thought about that. You know, Big Apple had the first... McDonald's, these small, tasty things that you could eat very quickly, and you were well ahead of your time. The other thing is what we call sliders now. Mm-hmm. That's right. You were ahead on, on with that idea, with the smokes, with the uh, pig ears. So a very innovative business. At any rate, I just wanted to... Uh, Make those comments. All right. Thank you, Thank Lionel. You Appreciate so it, Lionel. Thanks for the call. Moment, so it's time to go to work. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, got some open phone lines if you have memories of the Big Apple Inn. Or, again, if you'd like to figure out what it was like uh, to own and operate a restaurant, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. 672-7464. You can send us an email, food at mpbonline.org. So we've talked about the, the hot tamales. Uh, now the pig ear sandwiches, you said, I guess, uh, now in the pressure cooker. Uh, do you just serve them plain and then let folks dress them up uh, with hot sauce as need be? No, we um, we actually cook the food directly in front of all of our of, of, uh, in front of all of our customers. In fact, we're ahead of the time with that too. Like Lionel said, and we we were the first hibachi, I guess. Oh, huh? Right. <laughs> we're banging our spatulas and <laughs> you know, doing pigger sandwiches. And what we do is we put them on a slider bun. 
with the mustard sauce, slaw, and our homemade hot sauce. And oh, you can get wow. it with or without slaw, with or without a hot sauce, or whatever you want. You know, um, and we, but we do it in front of you, and that, that's how we serve them. And then the smokes? Same way. Mm-hmm. Everything comes with the mustard sauce, slaw, and our homemade hot sauce. And you can get with or without or extra. Or We have some people who love the hot sauce so much because our hot sauce is, is homemade. And it's very thick like chili. It has, it's it has, hot, Kevin. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> nice and spicy. We have some folks who love it so much, though, they want their whole sandwich dipped in the hot sauce. <laughs> get a little sweat going uh, on. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the mustard sauce in the in the in the uh, coleslaw sounds good. I'm not sure I can Come handle. Come on, Kevin, uh, just one time for me. <laughs> the, the mind is willing, but the stomach is weak on that one. I think. So, uh, what were some of that you mentioned? You know that uh, when you came into the business, this was was totally new, something you'd never done before. Uh, tell us maybe a little bit about you know some of the challenges and, and how you kind of worked yourself into the business. Kevin, I think the hardest thing when first coming to the business was dealing with customers. You can't please everybody, and I had to learn that, you know, that um, no matter what, the customer is right. And um, even though I knew I was right, <laughs> you know, um, I think that was the hardest thing. And now, I, I guess now that I'm acclimated to it, if, 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 if a customer is wrong, you know, I could joke with them. With, but I think that was the hardest thing. Um, everything else came easy because we had a following, and that's what, that, was, that was really different for me. When I came to the business... I, I was overwhelmed. People were coming in by the droves. I'm like, is there ever a break? <laughs> you know, this was, as I said, 25 years ago. But, wow, everybody wanted smokes and ears. And the only reason I say smokes and ears and never the hot dogs, hamburgers, and bologna is because most people come for the smokes and ears. Yeah, that's the signature. Yeah, yeah that's what we're known for. We have hot dogs, hamburgers, and bologna for people who want just something extra or for the kids who don't know what an ear is. But when people want... To come to Big Apple, the majority of the people come for smokes and ears. If you want a hamburger, they can go to, as Lionel said, maybe McDonald's because they're known for the McDonald's, known for their hamburgers or pizza. You know where to go. But when you want to smoke in an ear, you're it's not going anywhere else but but us. I don't think there's anybody else in town that's doing that. Well, they? there's some other people who who try to copy us. In fact, there was a restaurant in North Mississippi that I forgot the name of the restaurant, but it said. Um, Something just like Big Apple in downtown Jackson. And had a picture of me on the wall. <laughs> now, that is a grand compliment. Yeah, right. But, uh, you know, back to customer service. Kevin gave me the greatest piece of advice because I, I remember one day I was a little upset because somebody didn't like something that I prepared. And he says, but if you got a thousand people and only one is not happy, you've done well. Yeah. And so you're not going to make everybody happy. And I think what happens as a chef or as an artist, as a cook, you want everybody to be satisfied. But the truth is there are going to be some people that wake up and the sun is shining and their minds and thoughts are so dark, they start to develop pictures i mean it's just <laughs> that you know that simple so you you're not and there are going to be people that show up with the intent of finding something wrong and that's true and you have those come in and what's so dangerous about that is this social media generation mm-hmm. because when they come in in a bad mood the first thing they do is post it online and it will get a big following <laughs> well or the other side of that is is that you the beautiful thing about social media on that side is when you've done a great job they're going to be right. you don't have to say anything there will be people that will show up and speak on your behalf. I've had that to happen before. I didn't have to say anything. No. So when the food is good and your service is good, um, y- y- you know, people are just going to 
stand out for you. Yeah. Uh, for the last seven months, and Kevin, uh, I have you to know that Friday was my last day at Bravo's. But for seven months, I learned a lot of things. Being that was an amazing experience. But the clients were just absolutely amazing. They taught me a lot about customer service. And they also taught me the, the value of hospitality, you know, because I'm a hugger and smiling and hugs. And so to have people come in and standing and wanting to hug. And so when I come to Big John's or when somebody's coming in there, it's really not just the food. Mm -hmm. They're really coming for what you and your wife provide. It's that hospitality that what Kevin said, everybody just kind of want to know your name. Yeah. You want to be in that place. Yeah. We need to take one final break. When we go back, it looks like we've got some folks who want to share some memories about the Big Apple Inn. We'll do that uh, when we get back on Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. For the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're visiting today with Gino Lee, the fourth generation owner of the Big Apple Inn in downtown Jackson. Got some folks that want to share their memories of the place, so let's go right to the phones. We start again in Jackson. Patty has called in today. Good morning, Patty. Good morning, Patty. Oh, good morning. Thank you to your guests there. I'm very familiar with um, Big Apple, and actually it, it's, it's a tradition for my family not being raised here but born here in Mississippi and all our folks in Michigan, that's the first thing they do when they come to town. I'm mm -hmm. not sure if anybody mentioned that earlier. They have to go and get smoke. <laughs> <laughs> and, and leaving out, they have to go back and get some more smoke. <laughs> so I just want to know from Gino, and um, how is it that he's been able to maintain the consistency as a young person and keeping that business going, and um, is it was it just the location of the Fair Street District, or was it just I, I don't know your secret. And moving to the Metro Center, um, you, you'll you'll get another another generation of of people to enjoy because that's another venue. But the, but my mom says she's not coming to that Metro. <laughs> <laughs> Business and I know it's a tough business in, in today's world, but um, we, we, you know, we'll keep praying for your business and your family as well. Thank you so much, All right. Patty. Thank you so much. Yeah, um, wow. How do we continue to keep doing what we're doing? It's because of people like you, you know, you, you, you continue to come, people like your family in, in, in Michigan. And we have a very big following in Michigan. In fact, we are shipping um, folks in Michigan. In fact, your, your family might be some of the people who order in Michigan. Um, what we do is we, um, put them on dry ice and put them in a cooler and ship them. You know, we, your family might be some of the ones we do. We just um, just keep it simple. That's why we only have five things in the menu. We do those five things well. We know how to do it well, and we stick with it. So that's, um, that's I, I guess that's how we keep up with the consistency. All right. We got uh, Bill next on the line from Greenwood. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. 
Yeah, how y'all doing? Uh, I heard y'all talk about sausage. What kind of sausage? What's the name of the brand of sausage? And uh, is it available here in the Delta? What kind of sausage? Um, it's Red Rose Smoke Sausage. It's yeah, made really? by Polk's. Okay. Well, would it be available in the Delta? I don't yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can get it at any grocery store. Yeah, Pokes, Pokes is available at your local Kroger's uh, grocery store. Um, and I believe there's even still Jitney Jungle uh, in the Delta that carries the mm-hmm. Pokes sausage there. Uh, and even Walmart has it. Absolutely. Our Bill. local Walmart. <laughs> Appreciate the call, Bill. We got one other call to get to again from Jackson. Edgar's on the line. Good morning, Edgar. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. I did, you know. What's up, Edgar? How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. But I'm gonna I I've got a whole lot of stories I could tell about. I'm gonna limit myself if I can. One is that man, that place saved my life when I was a college student hmm. here in the fifties. See, I'm older than Lionel, as a matter of fact. It <laughs> uh, for a dime we could get those sandwiches and I was a poor Boy from the Mississippi Delta, and I would we would head down from the college. We would head down to uh, Ferry Street to the Big Apple Inn, and 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 stock up on those uh, 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 those sausage sandwiches, man. That's awesome, man. And I remember that so well. And what has happened is that uh, we've gotten our children and our grandchildren addicted, hmm. and they live in <laughs> California and in Georgia. So I'll tell you one story, and I'll get off the line. My, grand, my oldest granddaughter, our oldest granddaughter was here, and she got hooked on those uh, some, uh, early in her life. And we had gone downtown to something, and we had come back late in the evening. And she was, she said, Granddaddy, uh, uh, can we get some sandwiches at the Big Apple? And I said, sure. So we went by there, and your light was on, but you were closed. This was the one, the new one over on North, is that Northview? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> And it was closed. And she said, how dare them have a life? I want you to know, man, it has become intergenerational. And just keep up the good work, my friend. Edgar, and, thank uh, you so much, man. I appreciate your call. All righty. Take care. Good to hear from you, Edgar. Uh, just got about a minute and a half left. How did the name Big Apple Inn come about? My grandfather <clears throat> loved to dance. And in the 30s, he said that was the name of his favorite dance. The, na- the name of the dance was called the Big Apple. Mm-hmm. And so he called the restaurant oh, after, his, named wow. after his favorite dance called the Big Apple Inn. That's Isn't fantastic. That wild? <laughs> That's crazy. You actually have a television piece coming up. Talk to us about that. Yeah, we've, um, we've, we've been fortunate enough to do um, a lot of different Food Network shows, travel channel shows, history channel shows. But we just did one two weeks ago with... Um, um, Andrew Zimmerman. We've oh, done his Bizarre Foods yeah. a couple of years ago, and he has a new show called De- um, Delicious Destinations. Okay. And so we did that one a couple of weeks ago, and it should air in three to four months. Oh, very excited about that. And that's something that we think that pig ears and sausage, smoked sausage are just normal food, and somebody else thinks it's uh, something strange to eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you believe it? Huh? Bizarre Foods. Bizarre. <laughs> wow. All right, so I've got uh, Beth's just a half a minute left. Tell us again, remind us of all three locations of the Big Apple Inn. Okay, the original location is at 509 North Ferry Street in downtown Jackson in the Ferry Street Historic District. The second location is um, on 4487 North State Street in the Fondren Historic District. 
And the new one will be opening up pretty soon, um, hopefully this week, is in Metro Center Mall in the food court. All right. And, Kevin, I just might show up. I mean, I don't know. Since I didn't get smokes today, I guess I do need to show up. That's funny. That's going to wrap us up for today. Deep South Dining, a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show was produced by Java Chapman, our call screener, Sam Wells. So for Deborah Hunter and our guest, Gino Lee, I'm Kevin Farrell, uh, and uh, this has been Deep South Dining. We'll be back next Monday at 9. See you then.